We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Spider-Man. You get all the attention now. Ooh, I like that. Spider-Man. That might be called new nickname. Swider basket in a foul. Eddie Casey. Swider. Answer back. Swider from deep. Laces the three. Swider. And one. Count the bucket. Welcome back to the Sweater Show, everyone. Episode 54. And after a huge Syracuse win over LSU, we're back. Back, episode 54. No guests once again. We're going to have a big guest next week. I, Teaser. I can almost lock it in. I can almost lock it in, Patty, <laughs> but I, I think we'll have a big guest next week. Um, so, really excited for that. And uh, just ecstatic after a huge, huge victory, Patty. Yeah, it was huge. I don't know. Uh, I didn't know the ACC SEC challenge was something that we needed or something that anyone longed for necessarily. I didn't know I, I didn't know this was on the horizon um, even like last week. But I loved it cuz we absolutely beat the shit out of LSU. <laughs> oh yeah, no, it was great. It was great. There's nothing better than just having a, a game like that where it's just not even close. Like I feel like us Syracuse fans, us Syracuse players over the past couple of years have been had a lot of you're tough waiting losses. for yeah, it feels inevitable that there's going to be some hard. I was just waiting for a beatdown, and right. I'm happy that we got <laughs> at, at the dome with Red Austria at the helm, and uh, we took care of business. Shout out to Judah Miss, 33 points, uh, big big time game, and uh, shout out to the whole squad. I think the whole t- squad played really well, and the man to man defense looked good. Patty, 57 yeah, points. Yeah, it looked very good. Um, part of that was like LSU just couldn't make anything, but I think a lot of it also was the swarming defense of the Orange. Uh, the first half, I it was an ugly first half, but I was pretty po- proud of the boys because they like I know there was an eight minute stretch where they didn't score a field goal, and they were still how like fi- it was mainly Judah. He was just figuring out how to get to the line and like manufacture these points. So usually when you hit a drought like that, like you're saying, it kind of goes south, and it's like how are we not up against this team? We should be like beating this team by you know yeah. at halftime, and they just kind of held on to the lead, and then absolutely bombarded them with points in the second half. Chris got going. Everyone was playing well. Um, and I think that was just, like, a, a big confidence boost after Maui. Even though, like, we yeah. say all the time there's no uh, moral victories. Like, they did play well in, in Maui in both those games they lost. So now they, come they, back they, and they, 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 just beat, they just beat an inferior opponent at home. And it's like, all right, this team's legit. That's one thing I took out of Maui. Like, I think, I think even, like, Seth Greenberg and a bunch of these guys. I know Jeff Goodman. A bunch of these guys. Even after Maui, we're like, "Hey, we think Syracuse is a tournament team. Like, there's a there's a good chance that this they had flashes, yeah." And and I think that was due to the flashes. Patty, I haven't watched 
enough Syracuse this year. We've literally had games every single time. Syracuse I know it's the, the the schedule is coinciding or Cole Swidering. Yeah, and, <laughs> that was and, a horrible and, joke. Hey, listen to this, right? So it's after the game. Like you know me, I do my post game lifts. I did some conditioning after. Not I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to gas myself up here. This, this yeah, is you're like humble bragging on the pod. Like, that's all right. Seventy five percent of players do this in the NBA, so I'm not. Okay. I'm not the all minority, right? right? And uh, I, obviously, I see Syracuse wins, but I, I didn't throw out a tweet right away. So I throw out a tweet probably two and a half hours after the game ended, right? Like after the the Syracuse game ended, right? With three oranges, and I get a Twitter comment back. Hey Cole, <laughs> I'm just gonna read it exactly from the source because I don't I don't want to I don't want to mess it up. This is actually breaking news for me as well, Adam. Did you see this? I saw it right away. I got I, really from all things orange. Verified account. Cole, you're a touch late, but respect that you made up with the three oranges over one. <laughs> Come on, give me a break. This was said like minutes after too. Like it was. No, I love that. I'm all. I'm all in on all it, things orange there. No, but can you can you give me can you look at my schedule at least? Like they definitely. Just, I'm sure they watch the game and everything, but they're like, "Why the hell is this two and a half hours after your game too?" No, no, it wasn't. Two, it was two and a half hours after the. the I'm orange. saying they're not doing their research. Yeah, that's an amazing so, reply. Shout out to all things yeah, orange. So, if you want to come down the pot at some point and battle it out, <laughs> open invite. <laughs> How about that, Patty? I, I'm just yeah, trying to I show my little love, and, and, I'm, and I'm being told I'm a touch late. Well, that's the so. thing. That's you're not. That is one avenue that you're not a reaction you're not expecting with that tweet. Any former player, which we've talked about before on the pod, you're like, all right, I'm gonna get it going, get some RTs, some free likes, and everything. So uh, shout out to all things orange. They came it back, brought it back with like the positivity at the end, but just calling you out is is real funny. You should yeah, just no, make I, that your bit now. Just tweet like three days after the game, a couple orange emojis. <laughs> I can't be Elijah Hughes, but I can I can throw out some three oranges for you. Yeah, yeah, he's the goat Q's tweeter. But um, yeah, I did want to talk more about Maui. I know like the Gonzaga game ended up the final score looked worse than it was. But if you actually watched the game, it was it was a lot closer than than like you would see in the paper the day after. I I felt like we were texting during that game, and like with like nine ten minutes left, we were like, yo, we have a, we have a chance for like, sure. We could like we're we're one like six zero seven zero eight zero run away from like scaring these guys, and that's what it takes. Like you you have to just put a little fear in their hearts, and then then they play tight towards the end of the game, and that's how and that's how you get them right. Like that's. Right. Well, I mean, I, I I hate to bring this up, but Miami did it to us multiple times. Yeah, we we're, we're up, we're up. 18. Start to feel them a little bit. Yeah, they go on an eight zero run, rolling up ten. It's like, all right, buddy, makes a couple big shots, and then like we, I, I miss a shot, they come down, hit a three. You're like, man, that's that's a that's a six point turn, just like yeah. that, right? So, um, yeah, it's all no, of a sudden, I, all the pressures on you. Yeah, and I felt like we were we were close to getting there, and I didn't feel like. I think we've talked about this, um, more, more so over text, but I, I feel like Syracuse this year is back athletically where there's no team that we play against where I feel like we're at a deficit athletically. Absolutely. Well, that was the whole Tennessee first half. The reason why Cuse is up for a while is they were just like outplaying them 
physically. Yeah. They were swarming on defense, yeah. and they, they couldn't really do anything. Tennessee couldn't. And then, obviously, it ended up, um, they kind of figured them out in the second half. But that was the whole reason they went up in the game was because they were, like, outclassing them. And I was about to say, yeah, I, I totally agree with you. And, and no offense to our 21-22 roster, but uh, besides Jesse, there wasn't a <laughs> That was the of, downfall, yeah. wasn't a whole lot of athletic uh, superiority of, of opponents that we played. played. Yeah. And probably one of the only teams that we were more athletic than was Colgate, and they absolutely dissected us. So yeah. it's, uh, it's, it's refreshing to see, obviously, Red Recruit recruit that roster and even though we were top 15 offense and it was uh it's one of those things where like i don't feel like going into any game um that we're in a deficit no absolutely not especially like the backcourt the other thing is uh in each of those games like judah really struggled against tennessee and then chris bell really struggled against gonzaga so like if you get normal games from both of them on the same night they could literally beat anyone so um yeah, I think it'll hey, happen at some point. No, I know we, we talked about this, but like I, I love it. What, what, what do you shoot, Patty? I, Two I for eighteen. It. I absolutely love it. That's one of my favorite things in hoops is when someone just like shoots like absolute shit and they keep shooting because then like the next night he went seven for thirteen. I just I love like I I had a couple. I've had a couple. Two for Everyone fourteen. Has. You need to have those. It's a lot. Well, of not not everyone not not everyone has had a, a two for sixteen game. I know a lot of people, and I'm not naming names, but I know a lot of people who who would never. Oh, I get your point for, here. I get your point here. They'll stop at like two for nine. Exactly. They'll stop it right. at two for seven or two for six because because they're they're afraid of going two for nineteen or two for eighteen and looking bad. And that's one one thing I really respect about Chris Bell. I've been there, bro. I literally felt in the VCU game in Atlantis that I lost the game because I went two for 14 and had six points. Like Was it 14? I didn't know that. I thought it was like 11. Yeah, two for 14. All right, all right, all right. Yeah. I think it might have been like 13. It. We could no, look it, it up 14. live on the show. 0 oh, oh for 7 from 3, Patty. I, I had that game <laughs> in the back. Damn. Jet lag. But, um, we'll blame it on that. Jet lag. Jet lag. <laughs> Jet lag. <laughs> we still need to over in Atlantis, but... Um, Wait, is that what jet yeah. lag means? I thought jet lag applied to any flight. Do you have to switch time zones? That's that's usually inferred, right, Adam? This is not a conversation I thought we'd be having on the podcast, but I'm pretty sure it's based off of a, a time zone switch. Really? Yeah. <laughs> God, I, every, every week I just flying. prove to be by far the dumbest on the podcast. Well, if you're flying one hour, two hour, three hour flights, are you really going to be that tired from... I don't know. I thought it was a term people just like threw around. Oh, jet lagged. Wow. P- Patty, I think sometimes I, I give you too much credit. <laughs> well, the thing is, listen, if you're going to Atlanta, what was that, a three hour flight? You're a guy who, who, like, who, who, <laughs> who speaks pretty well. No, I'm I just extremely think dumb. that you know. No, I'm extremely dumb. I prove that every single week. But my thing is if you're flying to Atlantis and it's the same time zone, that's three hours. If you fly to Chicago from New York and it's two hours but it changes time zone, can you say you're jet lagged in Chicago but not Atlantis? I think like the term jet lag, 
Okay. So, you didn't expect that good of an argument. Well, you just yeah, called well, me well, dumb, and you well, guys well, now are I put you on your heels sense here. You can be jet lag being in the Eastern Time Zone. From a literal sense, you can have lag from from a flight. See, well, that's the, what I thought it, it was. It, it's based off of sleep, right? So you you fall asleep on your own schedule. You wake up at a different time than it, like it's seven a.m. versus eight a.m. or something. That's where the jet lag. Right. And you're either tired so jet lag is a sleep thing. Of time. It's not because of the time you spend on the flight. It's because of the time that you're living life in versus what your body is experiencing. Yes. yes. Thank you, Adam. Th okay, so if I Adam's drive... He didn't, just, he didn't just get in because of basketball. All right. Okay. Well, I didn't either. I was not recruited by Syracuse, so that argument doesn't hold up. If you're okay. in... If you're in... I don't know. I can't think of an example off the top of my head. Say you're somewhere close to Chicago. If you're in South Bend, Indiana... Eddie, and you drive two hours to Chicago, the time change changes. So can you say your car lagged if you fall asleep in the car and then you wake up at the same time? Daylight Eddie, savings. You, can I say I'm, I'm, I'm time lagged? We get your point. But the, the term is used off of time, time zone differences. You know what? If only there was Google and we could look this up. I'm doing this live on the show. I don't think a car works because you're not traveling. Fuck. You guys are right. That's the that's the Webster's dic no. Excuse me. Sorry. Apologize. New Oxford American Dictionary. I want to credit those people for this nice uh, definition. Extreme tiredness and other physical effects felt by a person after a long flight across several time zones. I thought it was just a long flight thing. I think that's all right. Yeah, I think I'll take the L there. That's tough. Move on. But anyway, we completely derailed the point. I looked it up. You did go two for 14. <laughs> I did. Yeah. That's all right, though. That's the whole point of this conversation is that shout out to Chris Bell for going two for 18 and not getting shy when he was two for eight. Cause, because he's doing that, that's when you hit six three-pointers in one half against LSU like it's five days later. That's what happens. Yep. But, uh, yeah, Cuse, what's Cuse's next game? I don't have the schedule right in front of me. Adam, do you know off the top of your head? UVA Saturday, twelve o'clock Eastern, nine a.m. on the West Coast. I like that. I like uh, that's back-to-back -back years with the noon ACC tip-off. Remember they beat Notre Dame at Notre Dame last year. It'll be fun. So that, Dude, that that'll be a that, nice that little treat. Like, that felt like a big win at the time. Yeah, it, it felt like a classic, it really did. Mayheim win. Um, and then Notre Dame was horrible. Notre Dame had zero big guy. Jesse just ate him for lunch. So yeah. But uh, Virginia's actually playing right now. That is. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Blue Wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? 
You need indeed. At UVA again. Didn't we play there last year? Or no, we played them twice last year. But all right. That could be a big win for the boys. Um, however, let's... The, the spread is bad for us, I think. Or it will be. Oh, uh, gambling podcast now? Not affiliated with Swider? <laughs> but uh, let's move on. Swider, before we get to the NYC trip that I became Mr. Flakes on, before yeah. that, when you were in South Dakota, you were averaging like 400 points a game. <laughs> so I think we recapped last time. Your first game there, but then uh, in the two games after that, you kind of outdid yourself. You're averaging 25 on the year, 48 from the field, 50 from three, 83 from the line. That's off memory. Um, That's how you shooter, huh? When you, when you shoot better from three than you do from the field. Yeah, I kind of love that. That's which uh, which game was it that messed it up? Not messed it up, but had that in the favor. What'd you say? Which which game was it that you shot better from three than from two? Second one. I forget the names of the teams off my off the yeah, top of my no. head. Uh, yeah, I think I was twelve for twenty one from the field, nine for fourteen from three. So. Mm-hmm. Oh, that would make sense. Yeah, that's how averages work. Should we debate that now? How averages work? <laughs> but uh. I don't know how to how to feel out there. It seems like you're like very comfortable in this offense. A lot of shooting off of movement and everything. Yeah, I think uh, I think the changes that I've made to my body have helped me a lot in the G League to just do more. Um, and I think having Kasib, um, who's our head coach, um, he's done a great job of just letting me go out there and play. I think last year I, I was obviously hurt coming coming into the G League season and. Um, it took me a little bit to get back to to where I where I was where I wanted to be, so I think this year I I, I just I've just attacked it full, like with a full head of steam and I'm, I've just picked up right where I left off in preseason, which has been great. Mm-hmm. It took me it took me like a game to get back in the rhythm though for sure. I felt like in that first game I I wasn't um, I wasn't moving the way I wanted to move or I, was, I wasn't in rhythm the way I wanted to be in rhythm, but. Um, I definitely found that second game and that third game. The, a back to, I'll tell you what, man. A back-to-back in the G League is tough. Like, a back-to-back in the NBA is tough, don't get me wrong. Um, but a back-to-back in the G League when you got to travel three hours by bus and you're, and uh, they give you Jimmy John's sandwiches after the game. And, <laughs> That's um, like D2 shit. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's different. It's different. Yeah. So, um, I, I give a lot of credit to those guys in the G League, man. It's it's, it's definitely a grind, and um, I give them a lot of credit. They, they actually just came up with a big win last night against... I saw uh, that. It was a big comeback, right? Front of the pod, yeah, but against Buddy. Buddy had a great game. Buddy had 21, um, but we had a we had a huge win um, for, for the Sky Force, so... Yeah, I mean, the uh, back-to-backs in the G League, that's like, what? How many possessions are, are typically in a G League game, like... Well, I think one of the craziest things is that there's over like a hundred shots in a in a G League game. That's what I mean. Seen. Yeah, you're having yeah. like, what, I don't know, including turnovers. Like you're having like 280 offensive possessions in two nights. <laughs> like and, that's and just a lot of running up and down the court. Yeah, so I got up 16 shots in that second game, and I and I got in foul trouble, and like they were yelling yeah. about me about probably about four or five. So I like I literally probably could have gotten up like. Like twenty five shots. Yeah. If I played 
full amount of minutes and like took every single shot available. Obviously, right. every single shot isn't always going to be the right the right shot for mm-hmm. the team in that position. Um, but I definitely turned down some, and um, I mean, I think the G League's been great for me just this year, especially just because um, everything that we're working on it's 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 correlated with the with the Heat. I was and yeah, and because Sib also was with us during training camp. He was with us during like the the preseason, the preseason of the preseason, and those runs. So, like he's very, very interconnected with Spo, and Spo texts me after every single game, and, and and they're very, very connected throughout the whole entire thing. So, so is he watching um, like all game every game, Spo? Yeah, every single time they don't have a game and we have a game, he, he's he's locked he's in locked. on it. Is that and, uh, typical around the whole league? Do you think or no? I I don't think so. I think mm-hmm. I think Spo's. I think Spo's special in that sense, and um, I think he really cares about the development. And obviously, having Nico down there as well with me, yeah, um, helps. And having Jamal down there with me as well helps mm-hmm. with him having that investment. Right? Yeah, he's looking at yeah. Like there's going to be games down the line here that that he actually needs you guys. Um, do you think? I thought of this watching you. Like, do you think your play style and like you're saying how? Um, I don't know how similar it is to how you would play if you're actually to get in a game with the Heat. Do you think that's like a huge advantage of you going from G League to to the NBA? Because I know I've talked about it before. Like, if you're someone like a point guard or a shooting guard, that when you're with the G League, it's like you're running pick and roll. You're really, really like are super involved and have the ball, and you're like almost playing like Luca slash Harden type of heliocentric ball. And then you go up in the G or the NBA, and if you get in a game, you're not. You're obviously not getting the ball as many times. Like, do you think the how applicable your play style is on both sides helps a lot? I do, I do, and also like, I also think the G League is a great place to like try things that you could turn into when you're in the NBA, like Mm -hmm. in your career. I think in the G League, I I dribble the ball a lot more. Like, I came off a couple pick and rolls. I. I did some things that I, I don't normally do when I'm when I'm playing in the game of the Heat, right? I just don't get that as many touches as I do in in the G League, which is like a part of it, right? Yeah, it's part of the whole deal. Yeah, exactly. So I think a being able to show what I can do right away, which I've been able to do a little bit with the Heat, and then also being able to show like what I can do, like like just like Duncan's transformed his game so much this year. Yeah, just just this year alone. Um, I think trying to do some of that stuff and, and showing I can take guys off the dribble a little bit and, and obviously still getting lighter on my feet and, and just, just trying to grow in my game and, and be able to try a couple of things, working on my float, my touch floaters and working on just different parts of my game. So when, when I do get up there, like I, th- I thought that was big for me, um, being able to, to play in the G League. And then I came back and played in two games in a row with, with, with the big club. Right. Because Duncan... And I think being in rhythm was was huge going into those two games. Yeah, let's go there then. Let's go to the NYC trip. Um, I mean, the fact that your first, like, basically Heat debut was at the Garden. I don't know if you could script that any better. Um, yeah. It was a tough game, obviously, but I mean, I don't know how how was that whole experience. Your whole family was here. A. Lou was at the second game, but particularly the Knicks game. Like, do you have a bunch of nerves when you went out there, or was it like did it feel a little bit different than the last times you, you've you've made appearances? Yeah, a little bit. There's always a, like a little bit of nerves there. You, like, I think in preseason, I was I was so ready to play, and and I had been in those moments before. And I think 
being in that moment so early in the year was so exciting for me. And I just want, you just want to go out there and kill it. But at the same time, I was uh, definitely a, a little, a little tight at first. And, but I took those shots confidently. And, and I mean, uh, you got to shoot both of those. Eh? That's oh, what yeah, you're out there I for. Thought, yeah. And Duncan told me, he was like, man, I'm, I actually love that you shot that first shot. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> yeah. I was not expecting it. Um, but, man, yeah, no, it was, it was great to be out there. Like, I'm not jinxing myself here. I've never really played well at Madison Square Garden. So I, uh, I, I'm i due for a game at Madison Square Garden. Yeah, in due see. time. What, are you saying even at Nova, like in the Big East and stuff? Yeah, no, never. At Syracuse, I didn't play well when we played against Nova at the Garden. What do you think it is? I, I think the lighting is a little bit different. Like it's it's, it's, mm-hmm. a, it's a different setup, and I also think the rims are like very very tight. And uh, when you miss a shot at Madison Square Garden, you can hear on the other end of the court. Yeah, it it's, makes it's a like, lot of sound, you know, a lot of noise. Those of us who have played at Madison Square Garden, like myself, will understand that. But uh, anyone listening who hasn't, you might have trouble understanding that. But the the rims are pretty tight. Yeah. <laughs> um, you did have two dimes though. It's you could tell they were like, you definitely were. I don't know, brought up in the scout because they were kind of flying at you. The one time you you were able to go by and then set up bam for that dunk. So I don't know. I think you're being a little too hard on yourself. You only went over two, but you still played like you still made an impact in what six seven minutes. Yeah, made a, made a decent impact in six yeah. minutes. I mean, it's just so tough. Like, like New York's one of those teams that just don't go away, right? Yeah. So like we really felt comfortable with the lead and. They obviously made made a big comeback on us, but I was I was really hoping I could like play in a winning effort. That, that yeah, would be great. That would have been. There was also uh, there was blow up potential there for a while, which I had my eyebrows up about. I thought it was like, damn, if they get up like twenty five, <laughs> you might get like the whole fourth quarter here, and then it went the complete opposite yeah. direction. But like you're saying, the Knicks are good. I mean, they're just like, I think there's probably a ceiling to them, sort of in like a playoff series. But um, as far as like the in-season tournament and playing them this time of year they're they're tough they they could be anyone in, on any given night right mm-hmm. it's a seven game series like they've obviously shown they can win a series and compete yeah um, but it's definitely uh they're definitely a, like it's not a layup going in there right do you um no actually let's go to, let's go to the next night first we're bearing the lead here too far we've been gone like a half hour we didn't even talk about your career high so um I don't know. That's like I'm saying. It was almost like G League Swider, but you were playing against the Nets. Like you're able to get the back-to-back threes down. Um, I flaked down the game. I did. I'm Mr. Flakes. So if if A. Lou has anything to to add here, but um, I don't know. I mean, with the injuries down and everything, like it's it's a perfect opportunity for guys like you to step up. So um, yeah, how's Barclays? It's treated us well over the years, and so now the Swider Show could add first. Double-digit performance in in the in the league for uh, the the Barclays Center feather in the cap. Well, also while while saying I don't play well at MSG, I do play well in Barclays. Total opposite. D- dating dating back to high school, I, I played well in the Jordan Brand Classic. I played well in the ACC tournament. Had a big 20, 28 and thirteen. Not not trying to tip my cap too much here. Another humble brag, of course. Yep. Played well against Duke and. Um. Yeah, obviously played played well against the Nets last time. I definitely came out a, a little tight in that game. I, like obviously, um, 
adrenaline's going. Had yeah, had a had a bad turnover, but besides that, no, I was I was ready to go and um, was obviously happy. I, I could make a couple shots and and impact the game a little bit. I mean, we were we were right there the whole entire game and um, not having Bam or Jimmy um, was tough. Yeah, it's tough a to, totally different team, but not having Duncan and Tyler like that's like eighty percent of our scoring, so it's just a totally different team. But mm-hmm. um, Spo is big, big for us to so just not making excuses and um, getting like trying to find a way to win. And I thought we had chances in that game trying to find a way to win, and we didn't capitalize on those opportunities. But um, great experience for me, man. It was, it was great to Coach Hart was there, um, my dad. Um, Adam, Adam's boy, one of my teachers from from uh, elementary school or from St. Andrews was there. So great from elementary man. school. No, from St. Andrews. Oh, from high um, school still. He, he's he's a principal of a, of a middle school now. So um, in New York City, but yeah, man, it, it, it was great. Um, but uh, obviously, wish we, we could have came away with the win. Yeah, Adam, anything to add from your your stay in NYC? Yeah, first Flash of all, Brooklyn. I, I wanna, I want, I don't want you to get too down on yourself. If there was a Casey event in Scranton, I almost canceled on the Brooklyn game to go to that. <laughs> <laughs> it's a tough weekend, man. It's it is, and the, the uh, Thanksgiving. It, it's tough to but. get out. We had targeted that game since you were playing at MSG the night before as yeah. one. Like maybe there would be some availability of tickets, and we're all from the East Coast, so uh, I was excited. Back in January, though. Month. Right. Yeah. Um, so then, so then, like, I, my dad and my brother were gonna come, and then they couldn't go last second. So it wasn't just you. And my friend Ryan got to come, and we met uh, Duncan after the game and stuff. So that was really cool. I had a great experience, and uh, hopefully we'll catch a couple more games in the next couple months here. Absolutely. And uh, shout out Tommy Alter for all. Oh some... yeah, Tommy was there. He was. Tommy he was, was, there. It was fun to meet. The, the uh, I, I don't know why he was like I'm the best co-host. For a white shooter podcast that there is, so I I don't know I I uh, I don't know why he said right why it's very specific for him to say but it it came across I have no comment he's like I will meet Tommy Alter at some point in the future and I I want to start a feud I don't know if I've said that behind the mic before but I think that would be perfect for our podcast if me and Tommy Alter he also was Adam. He, he went to me because I, I told him I told him in San Antonio that my co-host live in New York City. He's like, "Wait, you're, where's your? Is Adam your co-host? Like, wh- why isn't he here?" Well, he kind of oh, is. Well, that's the thing. I live in Manhattan. I don't live in Brooklyn, so that's why I wasn't at the game. You could tell Tommy that next uh, time you see him. Yeah. Oh, uh, okay. I'm not scared of the actual big city. That's that's the whole <laughs> issue there. Just on the game, so maybe he thinks he he was gonna have a confrontation after the game or something. No, I think that would be the best thing for the podcast. The the best way to stir up like views is to get controversy. So I think I should just take the fall and just start going at Tommy Alter relentlessly. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today, and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh oh oh! O'Reilly Auto Parts. That'll get us traction. Speaking of which, though, we should get we should get into uh, Spotify Wrapped really quick. We had some good numbers. That is true. Uh, um, 
We had a hundred, hundred twenty-seven fans. These are real human beings that have the Cole Swider Show as their number one podcast, and that's just on Spotify. So that's a. Uh, that's pretty big, especially when we've had trouble oh. with like guests and summer and off season. Like we're back. We we might be back. Shout out to those those real ones. We're just gonna categorize you guys as the real ones, um, and I think three of them are are, are in this uh, in this little little Zoom. I it actually chat. wasn't one because it's minutes. Yeah, listening. I wasn't either, It's not downloads. I thought Patty might. Be. And I, I, don't, I don't like listening to my own voice. Yeah, so that's that even better. True. One thing I will guarantee, though, is that we're not Jake Sheridan's number one podcast list. <laughs> yeah, no, he doesn't even know we have it still. <laughs> I don't even know. Yeah, I think, I, I think the show ended a year ago for him. Like, he hasn't listened. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, 126 just on Spotify is like, is there any uh, so like insight into the Apple podcast or no? I'm working on it. We, we didn't, they don't. Do no, I actually, I gathered the numbers. Oh, you did? 700,000 people were number one on Apple. So if you combine those, it's 700,126. I'm not sure if that's you got pretty that. Crazy. That's pretty crazy. I was hoping for higher. Um, that's a 5% all, increase from last week or last year. Those are some good numbers because we had 600 people with us in their top 10. That's just Spotify. And I'm pretty sure Spotify's not. Like, I think Apple's a bigger pod, uh, platform for us. So that, I agree. We're probably flirting with 1K, if not over it. And then you add in the, the YouTube. Yeah, 1,000. That's crazy. That's giving me even worse scaries about not knowing jet lag. <laughs> Seriously, imagine once we get our like our like general knowledge down. We're gonna, we're gonna yeah, I, we might be 2K next year. <laughs> um, but, now, that is crazy. Shout out the listeners, the Swider Shell friends. Um, have we ever? No, we've never actually named the listeners anything. Most podcasts do that, but the uh, I don't think we have to do. Yeah, the Swider Men, of course. But that is crazy. We appreciate you guys listening every week. As you could probably tell at this point, a lot of times it's it just us like chopping it up, and it can feel like that. But uh, we know there are times we're helping your commute to work. If you're walking to lunch, if you're working out, if you're on the treadmill right now, we appreciate you wherever you're listening to us right now. We dearly appreciate you. We don't say it enough. Yeah. No, I, I, I second everything that Patty said. I appreciate, appreciate you guys listening again this week. Another great show, The Swider Show. Next week, Pat, Patty, fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Big, big time guest. Big time <laughs> guest coming on next week. Fingers crossed. Um, but, yeah, overall, thank, thank you guys for listening. Another another big week for Q's basketball coming up. Um and yeah, obviously Miami Heat basketball will roar on. So uh, appreciate you guys for listening. Uh, we'll, we'll see you guys next week and hopefully have a big time guest for you guys. Absolutely. Go Orange. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? Thank you guys for tuning in. We really hope you enjoyed this week's show. To find out who will be joining us next week, make sure you're following us on all social media platforms 
at Swider Show on Instagram, at Swider Show on Twitter, and at Swider Show on TikTok. We also recently developed our very own YouTube page, www.youtube.com slash at Swider Show and subscribe. You can send in a mailbag question to be featured on the show, swidershow at gmail.com. And of course, if you haven't already, make sure to turn on those notifications so you never miss an episode week to week. Cole Swider Show with Patty Casey is presented by Blue Wire Podcast and our executive producer is Adam Lewis. Swider Show is created by Cole Swider, Patty Casey, and producer Adam Lewis. All rights reserved. Thank you guys. We'll see you next week.